Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I am so grateful that you are here today. I want to start off today by acknowledging my male listeners who show up here week after week. And I know so often I refer to women on the podcast and my female listeners and my guys come back week after week and give me feedback leave me reviews, and I just want to let you know how eternally grateful I am. So I wanted to give a shout out to one of my male listeners, Wolfmanboy3, who left me a stellar review on iTunes, and I just want to read it. It says, eye-opening. It's really incredible to hear such inspiring and encouraging words from an incredibly diverse range of guests that each provide a unique perspective on what it means to be a true leader in your own life and the lives of others. Take control, learn to ask the important questions, understand your emotions. These episodes will have an impact on your outlook. The music is catchy, the host is charismatic, the content is honest. What else is there to say? Wolfman boy, what else is there to say? Nothing, I'm speechless. Thank you so much for leaving such an amazing podcast review. I am super grateful. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to take the time to do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And for all the rest of you who haven't had a chance to leave a review, please don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified of the latest episodes. And if you have time, just like Wolfman Boy did, please leave a review. It could be short, it could be simple, just a quick sentence or two. But what it does is it really helps the podcast get to more people. And my whole goal is about having a huge impact in the world. So please help me make that bigger impact by leaving a review and getting the podcast to more listeners. It would help me on my mission and I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much. So as we dive into today's episode, it's really on the heels of my three-part series around having difficult conversations. And it ties nicely into this week's episode which is all around estate planning for women. I know for me personally, I have put off doing my estate at different times in my life because I really didn't want to confront the conversation and the difficult topic of what would happen if my husband wasn't here? What would happen if something happened to my daughter? And so it's easy just to bury our heads and just to avoid the conversation altogether. But we are in the middle of a global pandemic. And unfortunately, I know so many people who have lost their parents, who have lost their grandparents, who have lost a spouse, a brother, a sister, an aunt, an uncle. I mean, this disease is not discerning. It doesn't pick and choose. I I know so many people who have passed away. And unfortunately, some of them passed away without a clear estate plan laid out for them or their families. And this can have devastating effects on the surviving members of the family. And I know we all work so hard to protect our families. We do everything, especially as mothers, to protect our families, which is exactly why we are not going to bury our heads, Um, all of us together. We're going to jump in this together and do this together. We are going to have a conversation with my next guest, Fiona Kayamba-Magezi, and she is not only a good friend, 
She is an attorney, she's a thought leader, and she is focused on estate planning for families and the next generation. And she is here to talk about the importance of estate planning and to not let it be a scary process. And the greatest thing is, after you listen to this episode, I hope you're inspired. And after you listen to Fiona's story about how estate planning came into play into her life as an eight-year-old, I don't know how you wouldn't be inspired. So listen to the episode. And then afterwards, I beg you to take action. Fiona is a great resource, and she is offering my listeners a free 30-minute consultation with her to talk about your estate plan. What does it look like? What do you need? And Fiona is great at taking this topic that I think scares a lot of us and maybe intimidating to a lot of us. She makes it easy. She makes it relatable. She explains everything. She is absolutely fantastic. I really encourage you to take Fiona up on her offer. Her information, her email address, her website is all in the show notes. So take this opportunity to take action, step forward, and start to get your estate in order so you can protect your loved ones and your family. And speaking of taking action, we have two new cohorts starting in April for the Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab. We have one starting on April 6th, which will be 12 consecutive Thursday evenings from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. Or we have another cohort starting Monday, April 19th, also from 5 to 6.30 p.m. for 12 consecutive weeks. So apply now. It's a great time to invest in yourself. If you're looking to prevent or come out of burnout, if you're looking to gain confidence, to take action around the next step in your life or your career, if you're looking to get unstuck in your career, if you want to stop playing it safe and start to play a bigger game, or if you're really in the space to decide what your next move is on your terms, join the Leadership Lab. You will get the confidence, the clarity, and the courage to figure that out and to take action against it. The website is simple. You can apply there. It's womenleadingpowerfully.com forward slash leadership lab. All the information is there. You can hit the apply button. You'll be taken to an application. Apply now. Get on the list. We have limited seats available. There's only 15 women. We cap it at 15 women per group. So we only have 30 spots available for April. So sign up now. Get ready. Dive in. Do this for yourself. We look forward to seeing you inside the program. So speaking of women leading powerfully, so let's dive in and listen to my friend and trusted advisor, Fiona Kayamba Magezi. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in.
Fiona, thank you so much for being here today. I'm looking forward to this conversation and I'm so glad you made the time to be here with my audience. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Ah, uh, thank you. Um, so I would love for you to share a little bit about your background, your career history, and what you're doing now. Uh, well, my background is that um, I'm an attorney. I'm originally from Uganda, which is a country in East Africa, for those who don't know the ge- geographical map of Africa. And um, my first degree was law, because we have a different system from the U.S. And thereafter, I transferred to um, America, Minnesota in particular, to go to grad school. I specialized in uh, intellectual property and business law for my master's, and then thereafter went ahead and got the American law degree um, to be able to practice in all the 50 states as opposed to California and uh, New York. Then working life, I started out in litigation for about two and a half years, and I realized that I'm a non-adversarial person. So I said, (laughs) I think I'm more of the transactional uh, side of law. So I switched focus and um, I've covered everything from real estate to administrative law to finally landing into estate planning and business law, which I'm currently practicing in. Perfect. Well, thank you for sharing. And I'm I'm super curious. What what got you interested in law from a young age? You know what what made you decide to to get your law degree? Um, I guess there was a presumption that um, if you I liked I was in the debate club. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone who's a debater, someone who talks, someone who's extroverted, um, you should do law. There was also a presumption that if you like to focus on people's rights, that's also what uh, informed my decision. But then it's also just basically the way the education system is set up. It's based on the British system is if you do the arts and economics, then you go down the track of law, or mass communication or teaching. So that's the field I naturally graduated in. If it was the American system, I think I might have been more scientific, but I never, I, <laughs> I'll never know. <laughs> No, that that's interesting. That's interesting. And and going back to the topic of being on the debate team. So both of my daughters were on the debate team in junior high and high school. And oh my gosh, they learned how to argue really well. So it's great for building skills, not always great for the parents of the debaters. So No, they do say that if you nurture while you're nurturing them, it's painful, but those skills will really help them in life later and on. It's, it's very true. It's very true. But it can be difficult as a parent uh, when they learn how to ar- out argue you at like 13. So exactly. It's so funny. It's so funny. Well, um, so now you're in estate planning and I would love for you to share with my audience for those of those who might not know what is that what does that cover and if you could just give us an overview of estate planning I think that would be really helpful. Well an overview of estate planning is whereby you get to uh, make decisions for your um financial assets your personal assets not only when you die but also in life so in case you become incapacitated. So this could range from things of writing a will that's what people commonly know but in the American system, it also involves having a trust. And then it also involves having other documents that you give other people power to act on your behalf. For example, 
a financial power of attorney, you're giving someone else permission to step into your shoes in terms of financial uh, institutions like your bank or to help pay your mortgage with your landlord, and then even to make medical decisions for yourself. If you happen to get hospitalized, the person who you've given authority to, they'll be able to make medical decisions in terms of your treatment or if you happen to be in a coma, what other treatment, are you going to stay on life support or not? So those are uh, documents that are very important for everybody to have, whether you have assets or not. Yeah. And I'm so glad you bring that up because I think there's this common misperception that, or misconception, I should say, that um, that you have to have an estate to do estate planning, right? Yes. And And what I really hear you saying, um, which I know to be true because you've educated me, is you know, it's really important to have those documentations, you know, your elderly parent who might be in the hospital or even your spouse or your child. And actually, that's how you and I met is because um, the previous episode, and I'm not sure when this episode is going to release, but there's an episode with Karen Cormier, where we talked about networking. So you and I met in a local networking group. And you were coming each week talking about the importance of these documents. And we met right before COVID. And I realized when you were um, sharing so much value-added information in one of our meetings that I didn't have any of those types of documents for my daughter. And I realized that if, if you know, and she has had asthma growing up. And I thought, oh my gosh, if something happens to her with COVID, I don't have any, she's over 18, she's in college. I don't have any rights as a parent, which you made me realize and you helped me realize. Um, so, you know, I worked with you to get those documents in place, which I was really grateful for that you shared that information. So I would love for you just to share, you know, what you've seen since COVID and and how has this played out in your practice with, um, I mean, I'm sure you're busy with people coming to you for these type of documentations. And if they're not, they should be, right? Yes. Um, I think it's played out in a way that, yes, people didn't realize that they need these these documents. Especially, like you said, as yourself, as a parent, they will always be our children. They will always be our babies. But then you you have to realize that when a child turns 18, they are an adult. They have to make their own legal decisions. And in the eyes of the law, they are an adult. So there have been cases where children have had accidents or been hospitalized out of state. And all of a sudden, the parents are unable to make any decisions because, especially if the child is unable to verbally give the permission because they didn't have these documents in place. So come COVID, everybody starts panicking that we need these documentations to get our loved ones if they happen to be hospitalized, as well as even just basic documentation of when someone's hospitalized, their life on the outside is still going on. Their bills need to be paid. Their rent needs to be paid so that they're not, even though they put a moratorium on evictions, but at least the landlord needs to know what's going on. So we've had, I had a couple of clients come in as well as just bringing home the fact that we are not immortal. So mm-hmm. we had parents come in that I have minor children. I need to put things in place in case anything happens to me or my husband. Because unfortunately, after, um, if the parents happen to die without the guardians, then social services gets involved. And that can be very traumatic to, um, children. Uh, who have just lost their parents as well. Yeah. And so such a great point. So Fiona, um, in the documentation, would, w- 
I'm assuming custodial agreements and those type of things would be included in that, um, especially if you're a parent with younger children. Yes, under the will, you would be electing guardians. Sometimes people elect guardians uh, who are out of state. So in that instance, I do uh, urge the parents that also elect temporary guardians who are present nearby, who know the children, who can, if in case of an emergency, take over the children immediately and until the permanent guardians arrive. So that's something that's very important that I stress, especially um, if the children are minor below the age of 18. Sure, sure. So your, I mean, obviously your services are so, so needed. And I think sometimes um, they can get put on the back burner by people because people don't want to start thinking about that. And so what would you say to those people who really, you know, have kind of put this process off? They know they should do it, but they just haven't gotten to it. I would say the first thing is to uh, research the estate planning planners in your area and make the first call. The way most estate planning firms work is that usually the first at least 30 minutes to an hour consultation is free, so it doesn't hurt you to take the call and listen. And then we have a way of having you get the information that we need from you. And then at least that's a process that you've made the call. Once we've gathered all the information that we need, then we are, we have a way of moving the process along through appointments that are not so overwhelming to most people. Because they, sometimes when you tell them we need all this information or we need to, to make these decisions, they get overwhelmed and they just shut down. So mm-hmm. at least a good attorney has a way of piecemealing what needs to be done to move the process along. And then before you know it, I've had clients who say, oh, I didn't think that it it would take that long, or I didn't think it was as scary as I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. And there's a peace of mind that comes after you've made your plan and you know at least the most important decisions have been taken care of. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Yes, it is really important. So kind of going back to you and your business, you know, and your story, there were lots of aspects of law. You know, you got your law degree. There were lots of aspects of law and um, uh, focus areas that you could have chosen. Why estate planning? I'm curious to know your why. Um, my why is uh, funny and sad at the same time is that actually I was exposed to estate planning at a very early age. My uh, late father passed away when I was a child. So I did sit through um, reading of a will at the age of eight. And even though I didn't understand the legal aspects of his estate plan, as I grew, I came to understand what he had done in trying to provide for his young family. But what stuck out with me the most, and that's something I do try to infuse in my practice, is the ethical will. This is a will where you write down your hopes, your dreams, your values of your family that you wish to pass on to um, the next generation. And I remember clearly in his will, we have only uh, one brother. He was left in charge of us and uh, my mom and my sisters, even though he was younger than me. And he directed my brother that you have to look after your sisters. And somehow I call it maybe speaking beyond the grave is that my brother stepped into the shoes of what he was tasked with. So as an adult, even though he was younger than us, and when he came of age, 
he still made it a point to come to all the births of my children mm. from whatever country we're in, because we're all scattered around the world between here, Europe and Uganda. He's managed to come to weddings. He's managed to come to graduations. So I love the beauty of that, that my father's wishes were played out. And then as part of the law, to me, I enjoy it because it's transactional. It involves finances. It involves working with young families. I have a young family myself. And then it also involves um, gathering together generations. I've worked with families that is the children, the parents, and the grandparents. So I enjoy that family dynamic to work with across different generations. Wow, Fiona. Um, thank you for sharing that story. And obviously very sad, but what a beautiful example of how estate planning can show up and and be so beneficial to a family. And I love, I had actually never heard of that before, an ethical will. Yes. Um, what a beautiful legacy that a parent can leave for a family, for their children of these are my hopes for you. These are my dreams for you. These are our, these are our family values. I know so many people, unfortunately, who have lost their parents um, some from a very young age, as well as, you know, my ex-husband actually lost his dad when he was um, three or four. And, you know, what a beautiful gift that that is for any family to really know what's important to the parents. Because I know there were so many times in my ex-husband's life where he would say, you know, I wonder what my dad would choose. I wonder what my dad would do. And it really becomes, exactly. it really becomes the North Star for and the and the guide the guidance for children to kind of know what to do because they know how their parents would make decisions and they know what's important to their parents and as much as I think we try to instill you know as parents ourselves I think as much as we try to instill values in our children I think to actually have them verbalized and written out in black and white for our our kids to know and refer back to throughout their lives. I mean, what a beautiful gift. Yes, it's it's, it's as if the children want to live up to the wishes of uh, this deceased parents. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. So, you know my audience, uh, we've we've spoken about it. You know my <laughs> audience is, is the majority of women. So, about 75 to 78% of my audience are women listening. What specifically do you want women to know about estate planning? Um, I would like to women to know that it's very important for them. I don't have, I can't remember off the top of my head what the statistics are, but generally women will outlive the men. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, it's important for them not only to have their estate planning and their financial planning in place, because these are plans and financial um, investments that will tide them over through their retirement um, years of their life. It's important for women as well to start younger because um, some of the avenues of estate planning involve, for example, life insurance. And we all know that life insurance, the younger you get it when you're young and healthy, the cheaper the premiums will be. Mm -hmm. So instead of waiting it up, uh, you know, towards your 30s or 40s, when you've maybe developed something, we all know where the child bearers, you can develop complications from pregnancies. So I always advise young women that, you know, especially if you finished school, just even though you don't have much, start your estate plan. 
And the beauty of it is that if you do get a good estate planner, they put you on a what I call a roadmap of your life because I not only work along with insurance agents, I work along with financial agents, I work along with um, certified um, accountants, and they basically give you a roadmap to your life of how you should be investing, what are the next steps you need to do financially. With some financial investments, it's a matter of your investments growing over time. So again, the younger you start, the better. Mm -hmm. And then once you see an estate planner, we all hope, some women hope to go ahead and get married. But then through estate planning, whatever you've acquired, we're in California. It's a community property state. Whatever you've acquired before you're married is your separate property. Through estate planning, there's a way you can protect those investments that if anything unfortunately happens through divorce, those separate investments are not divided through a divorce settlement. Yeah. So I would love for you, because you and I had this conversation as we were prepping for this podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, and you were sharing with me, uh, um, which I didn't, it makes sense once you said it, but I really hadn't thought about it, about the earning power of women and how a lot of women are out earning their their spouses or their boyfriends at this point. And you shared with me a story about a woman who was married for a couple of years. I would love for you to share that with my audience. Oh, if yes. Recall, this if you this particular young lady was very highly accomplished. She did have um, separate property uh, prior to marriage. One involved aside from her own investments, but as well as a home. And she had only been married for a few years. And then unfortunately, the marriage broke down. And her husband had decided not to work. And then he took it upon himself that, well, I will have um, the way the family law works is that whoever out earns the other might most likely will be paying alimony. So he decided he's just going to sit at home and she's going to be paying the alimony. So and this is an example is that had she had her estate planning done, there's a way she could have kept her separate property in a trust. But then it doesn't only stop there. The family law, there's a great intersection between estate planning and family law. The family lawyer would have told her that there are certain things you need to do to protect that that uh, separate property. If you are getting uh, payments from the separate property, then you have to keep separate accounting. You have to make sure it's what's called commingling, that your assets are not commingled, so that when it comes to a divorce settlement, they, the Courts are able to see that this is separate property, even through marriage, it was kept separately, and thus the ex-spouse has no right to that property or assets. But unfortunately, she had not done those steps, so there was a way where the attorney was able to pull those assets, and then she was going to be having to not only pay alimony, but share the proceeds of her separate property to her ex-spouse. Wow. So I'm so glad you shared that story for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, women are super accomplished and, you know, we're not back in the days where women are are staying home. And if they are, they're choosing that. But the reality is, is women are either comparable or out earning their male male counterparts. And so the the game has changed. And I think sometimes from a mindset perspective, we haven't caught up with that. Exactly. And, and realizing that. And yes. so I think this is such a perfect example. 
you know, I think just like myself, we all walk down the aisle thinking that we're going to be married forever, which I did with my first husband. And, you know, it didn't work out that way. I mean, we were together for 13 years, but whether you're together for two or 10 or 13 or 25, my parents also got divorced when they were, uh, had been married for 44 years. What, you know, what I really hear you saying is it's so important to have that be part of the plan because the unexpected can happen. Yes, the unexpected can happen. It, there, there's a misconception that, oh, because I'm getting married, I'm not going to have a prenuptial agreement or I'm not going to have a postnuptial agreement. But then the reality is, is that under, aside from the love, under the eyes of the law, there are taxes, there are rules, which unfortunately you are likely to lose some of the assets that you've worked so hard to make. Mm -hmm. So I, I tell people not to discourage them from getting married, but think smarter to protect yourself because women were, like you said, you never hope to get divorced, but then it does happen. And at the same time, we are, women are also under their old mentality that men will look after me. So most of them are blindsided that, oh, all of a sudden the roles have been reversed. I'm the one going to have to pay him alimony. I'm the one going to have to hand over or sell the, if it was real estate, in order to pay um, the ex-spouse or what the court has um, decided. Right. So since this show is all about empowering women, you know, not to be blindsided and to be educated and to have these conversations, that's exactly why we're having this conversation. What would you say is the most important tip for estate planning for women? The most important tip is that as soon as you've finished college or whatever vocational school that you have completed and you start earning is to make a point to see an attorney. A lot of women are discouraged because they think it's expensive, but I take a uh, the position that you'd rather pay the 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 hourly fee or listen at least to that complimentary call for you to plan because then there you'll be able to understand that I don't have this now but at the back of my mind is that when I do get a house this is what I need to do for now most young people who don't have any assets then you'll just need the basic documentation the financial power of attorney the medical health care directive the HIPAA authorization, if your assets are below a certain amount, for example, California, which is, I think, right now 166000 then you don't have to go through the probate process. But then it just keeps you in the back of your mind that as you acquire assets, then this is something you need to do. So my first tip would be go see an attorney just for that first consultation to get the information. To me, information is king. Yeah. So I hear you saying, you know, don't let the process scare you. Um, just get started and get started early. Yes. Perfect. And I mean, regardless of, I think, where you live, anyone with a home, anyone yes. is over the $166,000 mark. Exactly. I mean, so basically everyone needs to get started. Yes. So, and, and what will shock you is that a lot of people don't know that it's a process that if you have property over 166000 you have to go to probate. And what they don't realize is that the probate process, if you happen to die without any estate planning, is not only a lengthy process, it can take almost up to two years or longer, 
It is also not a private process. Anybody can off the street can go to probate court and get documents of your estate and what you've left is public information. I didn't know that. And third, yes. And thirdly, it is an expensive process. The fees for probate are set by the court and it goes down a, a time a timetable or a, a chart of how much the assets are. So before you know it, you are spending twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars or more in attorney's fees and court fees, which ordinarily, if you did have your estate planning in place, you would not be spending this money. And then that leaves a burden to your your children or your beneficiaries to come up with that money. That's why you see what is called probate sales is because the children cannot uh, pay the mortgage or the upkeep of the property. So their only resolution is to sell. And here yeah. you were working all your life trying to build, buy a house to leave to your kids. And then at your death, because you didn't plan properly, it has to be sold. Yes. Yeah, so everyone needs to call Fiona. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's the bottom line. No, I mean, you make such a good point. You know, I think it's something um, and I'm guilty of this as well. I, I think it's something that we put on the back burner. We don't always want to address. But, you know, what I hear you saying is that planning it, you know, while I think some sometimes it can be intimidating. Yes. You know, I I know it's been intimidating for me in the past. But what I love is how you show up. You know, you show up, you make it unintimidating. You don't make it scary. And also, I love that you work with all these other trusted advisors. Um, so it's really a comprehensive approach in terms of the overall estate plan. And you're right. We all work so hard. We work so hard for, you know, our our home and to save money for our kids and college expenses and all of that. And even if you don't have kids, even if you're listening to this and you don't have kids, you know, there's people in your life that you would want your assets to go to. And if that's not designated, then actually what does happen in that situation if it's not designated? Who 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 gets your property? If There is, uh, according to the probate laws, there's a list which they go down. Obviously, they start with your immediate relatives, your parents, your, your siblings. And thereafter, then they look to see who else um, could take this property. But there is a specific state department for people who die and they are unable to attain their um, relatives and the money or property is just kept there in limbo because there's no one, they, they fail to identify where this money would go to. Mm -hmm. So another beautiful thing about estate planning is that if you're charitably inclined and you don't have anyone uh, to give this money to, you don't have any beneficiaries, there are different charitable trusts where you can leave this money to causes that you believe in, and it will end up helping somebody. And it's, it's, it's also a way that if you do have, um, and that's another ball game for people who do have taxable estates, that instead of the money going to pay the 40% estate tax to the IRS, then I'd rather it go to a uh, charity to help people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Such great points you make, Fiona. Thank you so much. Um, I know for you, I always like to highlight the overall career of the women that come on my show, because I know for you, you did have a pivot in your career. And I like to talk about that. And I like to highlight that and how you've made that come about. Um, the pivot in my career is I've done several, but the one which I'll highlight is that it came about where I had a 
near-death experience um, years ago through a, a horrible car accident uh, involving a drunk driver. And during that time, I was in and out of hospital for over a three-year period, multiple surgeries and physical therapy. And there's nothing like being at the lowest point of health for you to get a clear picture of what life is about. That it informed me that not only is life fickle, it can be taken from you in an instant. Mm -hmm. And that if you've been blessed with the time that you've been given, you might as well spend it doing things that fulfill you and that you love. And that will, that at the end of the day, when you are on your deathbed, you say, I lived well. I had a life well lived. So in that instance, I formulated a plan that when I do go back to work, I want a job that's fulfilling, but at the same time, able to live my life with my family, be involved with their uh, activities, be able to take vacation. And that informed me that litigation wasn't it because everybody knows um, as much as you try, those are long hours. So I came from a background of um, litigation. I said, I want to be able to be there when my kids are going to school and back home, at least in the evening when they're having dinner. So what kind of career path can I do? What areas of law can I do that will uh, facilitate that? So then once you've made that decision of what you want to do, then you look at the different paths of how to get there. In the legal profession, we're fortunate enough to have a lot of bar associations that you can network with, as well as um, I'm a, a person who believes that always keep um, your key people that you've worked with in the past, keep in touch with them. They're the people who will be able to refer you to people who can help. And then there are also a lot of free resources, like from the library, from um, CBA. If you're starting a business, you can go to the Business Bureau to get information. But the beauty that we've had is social media. So I was mm -hmm. fortunate enough to land in a Facebook group that has these brilliant attorneys, women attorneys who are moms. Some have been practicing five years. Some have been practicing 30 years that were able to consult, were able to refer to each other, were able to bounce ideas off each other. So it is really a harmonious uh, group that helps you along with your business career that I was able to launch into the, at my estate planning per, uh, practice with the support of knowing I have people to turn to if I have questions. Wow, Fiona. Um, I've known you for a while and I actually didn't even know that story. So, I mean, what a great example. And I, I've had so many women on this podcast, uh, just like yourself, that have had something that has happened in their lives that has really transformed them. Them, And I love that you just shared, you know, you had, I mean, I'm mean, obviously um, so sorry that happened to you. Um, but what an amazing opportunity to, to reflect and to reevaluate and to set intention yes. about what you want to do going forward. And I love that you took action to do that. You know, so many people say, so many people in your situation, um, they think about it, but they don't always act on it. And that's your story is so inspiring because that's exactly what you did. You figured out what was important to you. You wanted to live according to your values, which obviously clearly one of your core values is your family and flexibility 
And I think that's so true for so many women. And you are, you embody the entire message of this podcast, which is all about, you know, lead your life so you can love your life. And you, you did, you did exactly that. You are leading your life in a way where you are in control. You're designing your life. And you've done such a brilliant job of that. And I'm so grateful that you shared that story. You're welcome. To me, it's like anyone who can learn from it, you don't need a car accident. (laughs) 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 You you just need lesser wake-up calls that, yes, it is. you only get one chance at life, make the most of it. And I have to tell you, it's bringing women like you on this show um, to be that wake up call for other women. Um, you know, it's why I show up week after week doing this because people, you know, other people's stories are powerful. You're right. I, I, God forbid, I don't want anyone to have to be in that position where they're on their deathbed or going through something tragic in order to make that decision to move forward. And if this podcast, if this message of having you on this call today can make a difference in someone else's life, like that is exactly why I do what I do. And and we are grateful for you. I also forgot to mention another tool people can use is aside from mentors is coaches. You are a brilliant coach. And that's something that wasn't they're out in the workforce 10, 15 years ago. So a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't know that there are people out there like you who are able to help them sit down and figure out what they need to do. Thank you, Fiona. I appreciate it. And it is why I do what I do. You know, I, I, I tell people that, um, people that I'm, uh, that are interviewing me to coach, I always say, I wish I would have had a coach back in my early days in my career. I would have, not necessarily that I would have done things that much differently, but I would have had this solid knowingness that I was doing it intentionally and yes. not accidentally. Yeah, that you're on the right path. Yes. And I have mapped out what I need to do. And even though that path doesn't work out, then you have a roadmap to pivot and do exactly. something else. Exactly. No, I obviously I I'm in this profession because I'm super passionate about it. So I appreciate you mentioning that. Um, any other last words of wisdom or stories you would like to share before we close out our conversation today? I guess it's that, again, to reiterate that estate planning is not something scary. A lot of people do not like to think about death, but I don't know who's made the famous saying that nothing is certain in life aside from death and taxes. It is going to happen. You are going to either pay the taxes or owe the back taxes. And unfortunately, we all have a number that uh, our days are numbered. We don't know when. So you'd rather just plan that it's going to happen. And aside from death, estate planning is also about incapacity. You might fall sick. You might get a stroke. You still need to have something in place of how you're going to be looked after during those times. So my encouragement to everybody and women in particular is just start. And I think that's a great way to end the conversation. So just get started, you know, and I will have your contact information in the show notes for people. If they're curious, they um, can, how, how would they reach out to you? What's the process? They could reach out to me either through my website, uh, which I guess you uh, post for everybody. Yes, my email information as well. And like I said, 
they can call for a 30-minute free consultation where I give them the information they need. And to also let them know, uh, in America, estate planning is state-specific. So I am only licensed in California, and I forgot to give my disclaimer, which I'll give now, that I'm only giving this information for educational purposes. Mm -hmm. It's not any um, legal advice. But then to reach out to attorneys in whatever state or whatever country they're in, in order to get them planning for the jurisdiction that they're in. And I know you have, um, I know you are in groups and you have a lot of connections. So if anyone has a question, um, maybe they are in a different state because our podcast is uh, global. Yes. Um, so I'm not sure if you can help them globally, but I know in the United States, you have a lot of connections. So yes. um, I'm sure people could reach out to you and, and get some recommendations. I would recommendations. be able to direct them to where to go, either their local county bar association which has most of them all have referral systems uh, to refer them to an attorney that they would need. Attorneys, we happen to be good referral sources because a lot of people come to us asking us questions. So we've learned over the years to keep a good referral for different professions. Perfect. Well, Fiona, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being such an inspiration. And Thank you for um, reminding us of how important your work is. I'm so grateful that I've had the chance to work with you and grateful that you were here on the show today to share your wisdom. So thanks again for making the time. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now. Thank you.